Welcome to The Changeable, my collection of conversations about the big ideas shaping our future. Today, we're discussing artificial intelligence. It seems AI is the hot topic right now, and for good reason. But what is it really? We'll go from the basics of what it is, and how it works, to what it might mean for our collective future. Today, I'm with Ashwin Shekhar. He's the founder of VectorX and is an expert in machine learning and artificial intelligence based in Sydney, Australia. Welcome. Welcome, Thank Ashwin. You, Thank you. Um, it's a very exciting topic and, and been entrenched in it for a while, so love to love to chat about this stuff. Yeah. All day. It's good yeah, no, this fun. is going to be great. Um, we've had a lot of conversations, not just about this, but um, for a number of years as colleagues, but uh, I'm really keen to get into this with you because I know this is going back a ways with you in your background and... Before we get into the actual detail, I'd really like to start with where does it start for you and how do you start in the career that's focused in AI when now it's kind of become this thing that almost everyone really with a computer understands and has possibly even played with? Um, yeah, so uh, it's a good good question. Uh, I guess my interest in AI really started um, back at uni. Um, when, uh, you know, I was doing my engineering degree, um, got into uh, more software engineering, had a great uh, professor by the name of uh, Dr. John Leaney who got me onto this path around AI. And um, and when I was doing my uh, honours, I guess, um, research, I did a, a project before that focused specifically on AI and neural networks and all that sort of stuff and fuzzy logic. So stuff that was really... I wouldn't say cutting edge at the time, but people weren't really talking about it as such. Right. And this was in the 90s? Yeah, late 90s. Right. So this is, I guess, uh, like, uh, you know, it's like the third winter of, uh, of AI where there was a lot of promise of, of uh, AI, but no real delivery. Um, compute power was expensive. Storage was still expensive. Right. All, those, um, all the things that we now have that are a lot cheaper that allow us to do this what wasn't really there. So... Um, it was hours in uh, computer labs at uh, at you know, UTS. So, um, and look, it was really interesting for me because it was great to see how you could do code and math and come out with behavior, right? And right. It, was, it was it was interesting, and that's that's I guess where my uh, thesis went down, as well as um, my passion for it was really ignited about looking at how you can use just you know how you code. And then having behavior that isn't coded but emerges. And that, that's where my thesis was around, was around emergence of behavior. Right. So how far does AI go back then? Because, oh. I mean, if you're, a, if you're an everyday, everyday person and you're hearing all of this about AI in the last, let's say, 18 months where it's really been something on every news show and uh, out on the internet everywhere, how far does it go back? Because it just like, you know, I would think things like, you know, 3D animation, mm. right? Yeah. You really, the, the beginnings of Pixar were in the 70s, yeah. you know? So I think people think that these technologies almost sprung up overnight, yet yeah. there's this long gestation period and you're talking about the 90s being yeah. the third winter yeah, for AI. So, so like how far does it really go back? I mean, a, a lot of people have seen the movie The Imitation Game um, and yep. it was mm. Turing were, um, came up with, you know, the idea of right. can a machine think. So that's in the 50s. Um, you got to go even further back. There was philosophers talking about 
can we actually create intelligence? So you're, you're talking about you know, ancient times, uh, right. like Renaissance periods, uh, all that sort of stuff. This sort of thing, the, the, the fascination with intelligence, the fasc- fascination with human behaviour has been around since, you know, people could think. Really. Right. Yep. And, and, and the great thinkers, you know, and, and I, I stand on the shoulders of many giants uh, after reading a lot of books, they, they thought about what thought really means, right? Mm. And so can, can we create thought? Can we generate thought? You know, um, you had uh, Asimov who wrote books around, uh, yep. you know, uh, and, I, and I love his uh, collection of works as well, right? And he wrote about uh, robotic behavior and his, um, his three laws of robotics kind of, if you look at it in an ethical way, kind of still holds up now um, in terms of what, what it means and how, how it can be a blueprint for, for what we do. But, you know, I mean... There's so many different ways. AI is such a broad field and so many different ways of looking at it. There's not just the engineering side of it. There's the ethical side of it. There's right. the human-computer interaction side of it. There's how do you behave now. There's, there's just so much. Um, and it's been thought about for a long time. It's just hit mainstream now, I guess, purely because of the ability for peop- for it to be democratized so easily yeah. due to you know um, the compute power being simple and uh, inexpensive and, and the, the storage and all these concerns that you had as an engineer, how do you bring it to the people? That's been taken away. Yeah. it's And again, it's that gestation period, which a lot of these forces have kind of converged around. Yes. So, you know, you've, exactly. like you say, there's cheap computing power, but, you know, also everyone has a device in their pocket now, which is yeah. super powerful. Yes. So connecting to things like, you know, over time, we've had apps and we've had guided assistants, so Siri and, mm. you know, the other voice yes. assistants that there are. Yeah. And and now there's this other connection to, well, we'll say dot, dot, dot for now yeah. because I think, I think I'd really like to get into the detail of that. Yep. Um, but, but, yeah, I think most of the conversations that appear in the media are largely around the ethical elements. Mm. So rather than, and, and I think we'll get to the ethical yep. elements, but yep. if we just started with the mechanics of it, because I think, yes, AI could eat the world. Mm. You know, we could have the machines, Terminator, Skynet, yes, yes. all the stuff. But I think starting with understanding, like what are the parts and components to it? So let's just take chat GPT, mm. something that most people are familiar with. Mm. What is that? Because it's not just a little Google-like box that you type something into. It's more than that. And yes. and I think people, I'd rather sort of add something new to the conversation and let's get into that mechanics of what is it. Yep. So let's let's just start with what is ChatGPT and what's behind it. Okay, I guess um, ChatGPT is uh, contextually, it's easy, it's, it's a conversation engine, right? And it's right. an interface. It's an interface to what's known as GPT. Now, GPT itself is a model. It's called Generative Pre-Trained Transformers. It's to do with the architecture around how you've built this really, really complex model um, to do a bunch of things. Now, what they've done with chat GPT is really just taken GPT and contextualize it to a chat interface. Right. Well, yeah, the interface is one thing, but also right. just it's, it's been sort of semi-fine-tuned and trained to behave like a chat 
Oh, okay. Uh, mechanism. Now, yes. you got to remember, it's not actually talking to you. And, and I find myself falling in this trap. I actually say thank you to it every now and yes, then. It's yes, yes. Really, it's, it's, it's a very, very clever mimic. Yeah, right? add please to the end uh, of add the... Add please and... The prompt. Oh, I'm sorry, I don't think I did this right. Could you help me with this? Um, so it's, it's, it's the world, uh, what I call the world's greatest mimic, right? Right. Uh, ChatGPT doesn't traditionally understand the question. Like me and you do. Okay. Right. It, the underlying model itself, which is called GPT, is is a very complex and not to get too technical, but a very complex set of uh, encoders. You, you know, it, machines don't understand words, mm-hmm. right? They don't understand words, and and that's it, they understand numbers, and they understand numbers in a very specific way. Okay. So what there's a whole bunch of engineering and a whole bunch of really smart things in the background that goes. Uh, okay, let's convert these words into multi-dimensional uh, vectors of numbers and, and, and things. Okay. And then it's pumped into this big, I guess, algorithm, right, uh, for lack of a better term, which, which has uh, encoders and decoders and, and neural networks that feeds out and it comes out when it decodes right at the end, it comes out with something you would expect another person to say. Now, it's not understanding what you've said as much as it's matching a pattern to something it's learnt before. Right. And then giving you something that it's learnt that it should give you. Okay. So it's very clever. Yep. But it doesn't understand. It doesn't reason. Okay. Right. So if I was to kind of translate that for me, we're saying that there's there's a program that exists... You, you're effectively adding input to it. Yep. That program has a wealth of background information that it's passing your request, your question, whatever it might be through. Yep. That past uh, history of, what would you call it? It's not experience, but sort of it's data. items of data. Mm. Right. That has generated a bunch of relationships between yes, all of that stuff that exactly. it's learned that yes. it's learned let's just say learned yeah. and when you add when you input that request it's matching it against all the other things that exactly. it has learned yes. to then respond in a way that it has been programmed to deliver back something that is akin to a human, human. And how we would expect something to be exactly. provided. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and that matching is is a very complex set yeah. of maths that it does. I mean, you, you got to remember we, we talk. You know, it's hard for us to um, think about anything more than three dimensions. These are you know hundreds and right. hundreds of dimensions of things that it matches across. And it's, it's, it's insane. It's, yeah. it's it's very it's very good. It's very good. And 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 you got to remember these the. The latest, uh, I don't know about GPT-4, but GPT-3, I think it's about 175 billion parameters across this whole thing wow. that it's, it's learned across. So uh, that it's used to actually come up with, with the answer. So there's there's a lot of compute power that's gone into teaching it. So we're not just talking about the, the actual prompt here. There's been a whole background of information, data, you know, sources from all sorts of places added into... Well, just think of the internet, really. Yeah, yeah. It's literally... It's It's been scouring the internet it's, and it's learning. Fed. Yeah. It, it, it itself hasn't. There's a bunch of smart people at mm. OpenAI who have done this and have programmed it to, 
you know, this is how we feed it. And it's and it's based on uh, actually a 2017, if I remember correctly, uh, paper called Attention is All You Need. And <laughs> it sounds very, um, you know, esoteric, but it, it talks about how you can change the architecture or, or have an architecture mm. that really uh, focuses on specific words. So right. it's like, it, it's akin to almost speed reading. We don't read every word. But our eyes are drawn to attentive, or or, t- uh, or they become, you know, drawn to certain words. Mm. So if I if I say I'm going to the movies tonight, you're going to movies, and tonight you won't care about it. Really, I'm going, or whatever. You'll probably ask what movie, mm. and you'll know it's tonight. Yes, right. But the I will go part's kind of not that relevant. Yeah, yeah. To you in your brain, you haven't really, but. We do this, you know, in the blink of an eye, and like it's it's even less, right? And this is what this whole paper was around: is how do we how do we do that? And these guys at OpenAI really took that and said, okay, let's build a very complex model and feel, feed it, you know, pretty much everything from the internet mm. and, and see what happens. And and you got to remember, GPT isn't just about chat; it can do anything. So right. it can do text summarization. It can do. Uh, pattern recognition, it can do medical imaging type things. It, you, it can do a whole bunch of stuff. ChatGPT is the interface that they've tuned it to chat. Right, right. So so there are ways of accessing GPT in order to do oh, what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I remember just to go back on, what, on something you said about that paper, I remember we had a bit of a, a group, Yep. let's say education session, and you brought up something interesting about just even words mm. and how it related to, you know, the associations that the, yeah. the machine has created out of this vast um, set of data. Mm. And you had a particular word and you're like, so what do you think of when you think of this word? Yeah. And I can't remember the word, but, um, you know, it could have been ship. Mm. Something it like was, that. It was bank, actually. It was I, bank. I, yeah, it yeah. Was bank. So it's it's very. So that's the whole thing around context. So yes, this is also that where the where the power of these models are. It, it understands context. So if mm. I say to you, um, and we're having a chat about, um, you know, financial instruments and 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 money and you know home loans, and I said, oh, I got to go to the bank, you'll go, oh, he's going to a CBA or a Westpac or, or one of those. Um, but if we're fishing and we're f- avid fishermen. And I said, I've got to go down to the bank. You'll immediately think riverbank to catch fish, right? right? And it's that sort of context that is very clever that it sort of picks up. But if you look at ChatGPT and you give it a random statement, it won't really know what to do with it, but it will prompt you for more questions. Again, what it's trying to do is do pattern matching. Yes. Right? And it will get to the context of it and then be able to match better. Yeah. There's, there's just so much interesting... There's so many interesting wrinkles in that because mm. we're talking about, yeah, really seeing what the limits are with what it is right now, how obviously how it's learning and it is learning over time to be better at responding to particular types of prompts Yeah, it, it's, in that chat context. Yeah, it's probably not, it's learning, uh, I guess, as you give it data, mm. it again puts that into this big bank of its data, right? Right. And it then goes, okay, I didn't match this well. And you can tell it as well. No, this is not right. And it will know that from next time onwards. And that's that's an interesting part of this too, right? It's not just like Google where you're asking for stuff and it sends you back a whole bunch of mm. responses to that. It is learning at the same time it's providing you with information. 
Yes, yeah. In yeah, a much or, in a much quicker way than perhaps a Google's Google's al- algorithm would, yes. because it is also learning, yeah. but yes, uh, probably in it's, less. It's so. learning more for your context. Uh, you got to remember, yes. uh, ChatGPT stopped learning or stopped getting data. I think it was September twenty one. So yeah, you ask anything more around um, stuff that's happened after that, it may give you something. It may say so. For example, you know, OpenAI itself, if, if it's releasing a new model and you ask it about it, it goes, you know, it will tell you that based on this, this is probably what it is. But to know more, go see the the website itself. So it it won't learn unless you know you give it the data, right? And you can't really do the large training of it. What you can do is the fine-tuning training of it. It's too expensive, too hard to train another one of these big things. And that's probably a nice segue into where I think this conversation goes. Mm. There's lots of different parts to creating Mm. this concept of an AI. And I think you're alluding to one there around these different models. Mm. So... Could you maybe talk about what those models are and how they re- relate? Because if I understand it correctly, there's there's a more general model, which is what GPT or OpenAI has created mm-hmm. in terms of there's a foundational understanding that's quite broad. Mm-hmm. But when you go into p- particular and specific areas of knowledge, you're going to need a much deeper mm. uh, set of data yes. in order to do that. Yep. And I think when it comes to real professional uses for su- supporting what you, whatever you do with, with an AI, mm. that's where that extra level of value comes from. Mm. So what else is part of an AI? And, you know, mm. if it's part of it, how do we talk about those models as well? That yeah. So uh, what else is part of it? It's a, such a big question, yeah. right? Um, so... If, you, if we look at just the model itself, so GPT is a model, right? It's, as as it says, it's generative pre-trained transformers. It's a model. It's got the transformer architecture, which is, you know, again, not getting a, I need a whiteboard and a bunch of maths and, and, and even I don't, I just accept the maths these days. I don't try and prove it anymore. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's a model. Um, that's, that's like, if you would call the gut or the brain of it, um, but then there's the data, mm. right? You, you got to have the data that it's feeding, and that data is there to, and and the data isn't what you, th- it, it the outcome isn't what you think it is, right? So, the cat sat on the is what is trained with, for example, right? Right. And it says, what do you think the next word is? And that's where it's how it's trained. Right. Right. Did you get the right word? Did you get the right word? Roof is right. It's not wrong. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But water isn't right because cats can't sit on water, right? So it's these sort of nuances that it, it takes out as it trains over and over and over again. Right. Right. Um, and so I guess in terms of what else, there's, you know, I mean, how do you, like you said, the, the GPT itself is trained across everything, but you can tune it, right? And we can do it, right? And mm. this is the one thing that OpenAI has done is given us an interface to allow us to tune it to our specific needs, right? So you can say, okay, uh, it understands language constructs and, and English or, 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 you know, the, the ability to, you know, the way, the way people speak, right? But if there's a very specific context you want to do, you can actually teach it that context as well. Right. Right. And that becomes your 
cut of that model, and you can you can then have that to say, okay, it gets English, but also the fact that I'm to, uh, talking about, you know, the, as a as a very trivial example, cryptocurrency or, or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So when I say BTC, it doesn't go. Do you mean, you know, is this a symbol or whatever? It immediately says, okay, you're talking about crypto, right? Right. right. So it, it's these sort of little things that you can do. Um, so there's with with AI itself, uh, there's like I said, so many different aspects to this and, and one of the one of the big aspects around um, the the issues with AI as well is the data that's fed in and that data because OpenAI did every single like so much data you've got to remember and and if you if you look at the internet you know don't trust everything you read right no so if you are asking ChatGPT a generic question right you have to have the 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 mindset to say is that really true? Now, there are certain things that are black and white and you go, okay, I just needed a refresher on that. You know what I mean? And there are certain things that are a little bit more amorphous. And you go, well, it's it's kind of said the right things. And I mean, there's been stories of people who've typed their own name in and it comes up with that they've been uh, found to be corrupt and fraudulent and all this sort of stuff. Whereas they were actually the whistleblower. But the match that it did was around whistleblowing for the corruption. Right. But because it matched on the corruption thing, it made up, made up the the yeah, gap and, and that, that and what they yeah. called a hallucinated that bit, <laughs> and it's actually called that as an almost technical term. It's called hallucinations. Wow. Um, yeah. And so it gave that person that that person will come on and say, no, hold on, I was a whistleblower. I wasn't, you know. And then there was another story of someone who said, oh, by the way, did you know I'm dead? According to this, so, <laughs> um, so those sort of things, you know, it's just matched as best as it could and given you a response where you go, oh, okay. And if you didn't know that person, you go, oh, God, when did they die? Right. Yeah. So that implies as well that you do need expertise in particular areas in order to get the most out of, I guess, augmenting your capability and creating something that is of value. Yes. Um, look, there is there is definitely um, there's definitely a need for it's it's really around understanding how you're using the output, right? You, and I. Whilst I love the concept of this generative AI and and how it's working and and all generative AI is it's it's generating new ish content right that's what that's when 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 people talk about generative AI that's what it's doing it's it's generating new content right AI itself is such an amorphous term generative AI is this branch of it if you will um, and whilst I'm very excited about the possibilities and stuff yeah there's a hundred percent expertise because if I ask it an ancient history or a or a question around, you know, Greek philosophy and it comes up with something. Uh, to me, that might be right, but to a, a professor in philosophy, they go, well, that's not exactly what so-and-so said. Right. Um, it's it's kind of nuanced, right? Yes. And so then you, you get another, but it gives you a starting point and, and this is the thing. So if you're not, if you're not aware, you might go, oh, I'm going to use that as in part of my research paper. <laughs> well, it's maybe think about what you're using it for. Yeah. And ha- and ha- definitely, as you suggested, have that idea around if you want to use it for something substantial or something that you're, you know, you, you want to do something with, then there should be that expertise also mm. inside helping you. Yeah, so that, because that makes me think about what AI is doing. So when I see the use cases for it at the moment, and particularly in the generative space, mm. outside of the artwork stuff, mm. because I think I think there's a valid argument that there are probably people now 
and it's all in i think it's all in hollywood i think there's a strike yes around yep. things yep. R- directly related to how ai yes might be used mm-hmm. to circumvent mm-hmm. or take people's jobs away yes so put putting that aside mm-hmm. say i wanted to get an ai to write content for a website mm-hmm. anyone could do that yep. they could go on and, yep. and get you know create yep. an about page oh, make yep. it sound like this other page yes, yes. take the content from yep. here yep. um you can do that mm. but all of that is kind of building on something that exists mm. where's the creation that kind of explores that new part and i mean i know i know it kind of is happening in yep. in some of the graphical things and even the video stuff yeah because it's quite obviously different, but if it's being trained on what exists already, mm. how does it how does it arrive at something new and novel? Is that just because we perceive it that way? More so, it's not new. Uh, I'll be honest. Because it's, it's just it's, being built on what it already knows, right? That's right. Um, and look, is it any different to us? You know, and that's going to get a few people seeing <laughs> this going, "Oh God, everything's um, a remix." A, yeah, it's uh, yeah. you know, it, it's going to heard a lot of people going, no, we come up with new philosophical thoughts. And yeah, look, we do when it comes to certain things, but aren't we a product of what we've learned? Yeah. Right? So what's the difference? Yeah. Right? Am I not just telling you stuff that I've learned about because I've done the research, I've done the work, I've done all the the stuff around it. So what makes this so different? Mm. Right? And yeah, okay. So imagine if it was trained on on really, really... uh, disturbing data maybe maybe the concepts that come out would be disturbing right and it's akin to a person being raised in a, in a disturbing environment right. right well i mean there was the case of was it microsoft's yes. ai uh, was put on twitter I, for for IBM, a short period of time ibm watson had the the fascist yeah, right yeah yeah um, end up just being turned by yeah. everyone replying to it on oh, twitter yeah, yeah. to become yes, become yes, a yes. nazi so or th- well that's th- that's the thing right so yeah. you've got to you've got to um remember that it's the it's not generating something new, mm. right? But it's giving the appearance of generating something new, right? Right, and so that's where the the thing is, and we perceive it as new because we haven't heard it. Mm. So if someone comes to me and says, uh, you know, so and so said this, I'm like, that's new, but that's because they've heard it. Yes, they haven't actually created that. It was the and and then we can go on the concept of philosophy around: is there any original thought left? Right, yeah. have we thought of everything? Yeah. And then when you get to art, yeah, different different story, right? Different. Now, I mean, yeah, look at Mid Journey, for example. I don't know if you've uh, seen Mid Journey at mm-hmm. all, but it's it's incredible, right? Yeah. And um, I've played with it so much. It's, it's a little bit frustrating when it doesn't quite get my nuances, but yes. of course, again, it's matched certain patterns and, and built certain things. And um, yeah, it's is it really new or is it just because oh, I haven't seen it before? So it's new to me. Right. Yeah. Which starts to call into question human perception and what we see as creativity and yes, a whole lot of things that if you really kind of yeah. scratch at the pain on that. Yeah, look, like I said, it's going to blow a lot of people who are listening to this. They're going to go, yeah, you, yeah, you might get a few things saying, no, no, that's not right. That's, you know, we do. do yeah, and look, there is, there's definitely a new thought out there. I'm not saying that there isn't, but I, you know, you, you read a brand new book and, you know, someone's come up with this uh, story is it new thought or is it the sum of their experiences? Right. Right? So is it, have they 
you know, and, and look, I'm 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 being a little bit um, playful here, but it's 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 that concept, right? So when when it's generating AI, when it's generating a response, when ChatGPT generates a response, is it um, is it not new because we haven't heard it? Hasn't it given us an answer? So for all intents and purposes, it's new to us. Yes. Yeah. And there's so many failures that come from some of the answers and the and the responses that the AIs now provide. Is what happens with that extra data or is is anything learnt out of the failures or does it does it sort of more focus and target into getting responses? Because I find, you know, even in human elements and you know, when you're making when you're making change or you, you're in an innovation program, there's lots of interesting elements out of what failed, even though it wasn't necessarily a, there wasn't a lot to write home about in the failure. There's sometimes quite profound elements that come out of it. Are there areas of how these uh, algorithms and these machines learn that takes those sorts of things into account? Look, uh, it's there is definitely you know um, obviously newer models are being released. So GPT three three point five was released. Now there's GPT four, um, and there was a and I haven't actually tried this, um, but there was I was reading somewhere where someone asked GPT three point five if you're in a room full of a hundred murderers and you kill one, how many murderers are there? And GPT responded as ninety nine. GPT-4 responded as 100 because you've killed someone, you're a murderer. <laughs> right. So it's almost come to that almost reasoning, right? So it has learned yes. off that next iteration of model and, and what, they've, what they've fed it, right? Now, it will continue to learn mm. um, as much as it can. Now, I don't know if, uh, if they're going to stop that data at 2021 or, you know, eventually go, okay, we're, we're going to now shove more data into it and all mm. that sort of stuff. So it will learn. It will. It can learn from its mistakes. Um, it will learn from its mistakes. Um, yep. we'll, we'll see it getting smarter and getting better. And the responses, there's been many responses where, where people have put in, oh, it didn't, you know, it didn't return the correct response that I ex- expected because I know actually what this is. Yes. But then you do it a week later and it's the right response. Mm. Right? So it is... It is learning from its mistakes. It is doing that. It is uh, its mistakes from its pattern, I- incorrect pattern. It's improving its pattern. Yeah, it, it's it pattern recognition. It's gone, okay, rather than it being similar to this, it's similar to... Yeah, so, so in that case, it's not necessarily improving its answers, it's improving its pattern. It's pr- improving its pattern recognition. Yeah, right. that's, that's all that retraining does. Yes. If you look at it first, you know, when... when uh, any neural network first starts and anything, it's it's noise. There's nothing, right? And as you train it and as you do it, it starts to learn. So it starts to adjust its what they're known as as parameters like weights and biases and things like that on each individual little node. And and again, not to get too technical, um, it adjusts that to come up with something that's getting closer and closer and closer and closer and closer. And and there's a there's a whole um, series of, of work around GANs, which is uh, generative adversarial networks. Now, that's when you have a neural network that is input of noise and another neural network that is, for example, can detect a Monet painting, right? right? And this thing just shoves at noise and this one goes, no. 
and it goes again, and it goes again, and it goes again, and it trains. And eventually, the one that can detect the Monet painting will go, yep, this is a Monet painting. So all of a sudden, you've trained this thing based on it fighting against a neural network. Right, I see. Yeah. yeah. So hmm. the, that's, uh, I, I did a, I did a qu uh, quick sort of almost proof of concept on that. Um, and it was really quite funky. I was able to create a very, you know, not a, not a huge high-res image of a Monet, but something very quickly. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. In a couple of days. I'm not talking, you know, months or anything like that. In a, in a couple of days at home on a on, on a sort of a grunting machine, but yeah. Wow. Mm. So we have these large models that take a whole lot of data mm. that allow us to ask it or prompt it with things mm. and it will return something related to what we've asked in a way that we perceive it as novel or yeah. we perceive it as a response to that. Mm. So whether that's text, whether that's an image mm. or whether that's a response to the stimuli we're, we're providing it. So that clearly can do a whole lot of work yeah. that we either currently do or yeah. we want to do better at. Yeah. For you, if you were to kind of think about where you might use AI mm. in a context mm. for how you might work mm. to support mm. to support you professionally, mm. where would you where would you start? How would you use it? Oh, I I don't start. I actually do use it. Um, so it's it's one of those things. I, I actually use it for uh, many, and it's 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 really an assistant to me now. Mm -hmm. Right now, aside from the fact that I love playing with it and tinkering with it and tuning it and using different. Uh, technologies to actually give outcomes to 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 different people. Um, I actually use it to help me. So so the other day, uh, the the person that I was working with, we, we were coding up something, and and we got stuck on on a particular topic, and we went, let's try this and ask ChatGPT. It was quite complex way of of building a query on 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 a particular database, and let's ask it. So it almost became like a third pair programmer for us. Right, so we right. started asking it. Do you know about this particular database? Yes. Okay, we're doing you know we're doing a query this way, um, but these are the results coming out, and it goes, well, why don't you try this? And we're like, okay, wow, that's uh, didn't maybe forgot that. Now it wasn't right, but what it did is give us little a paths. spark and yeah. a path to now something. Now it new. got to a point where it started repeating itself, right. right? Because we got a little bit too complex, but it got to a stage where okay, this isn't working, it's not working for us, what's going on? And eventually we found the, the issue, but that was because of us, but it did help us down a path, mm. right? So that's one area where it actually helped build something that, that we're working on. Um, the other times I've used it, like for example, uh, I, you know, there's a lot of times I, you know, I'm, I'm a technologist, I love playing with technology, I love coding, I love doing that. But then people go, oh, can you tell us and, and write about what this does? And I'm like, it just, it hurts me, right? That's <laughs> it's not my it's not my natural skill set, but I know it, right? Yes. So what I do is I go, okay, pint form. This is what it does, and I'll put it into ChatGPT and say, okay, can you make a nice summary of this? Right. Right. Now, sometimes it gets a little bit too verbose, but it gives me the starting point again. Yes. Right. And again, I because I've been doing it for so long, I I don't take it as gospel, right? I look at it as an an assistant. Mm. Okay, have you thought about this? Have you done this? And yep. and so I use that 
all the time. And and even things like um and and for the for the coders who who might be listening, they they've everyone runs on this thing called Stack Overflow. We used to, right? Yes. And you go, okay, how do I, you know, change a a piece of code to do X, for example, right? So rather than doing that now, and and you can go through that Stack Overflow, uh, you know almost like a rabbit hole. Yes. If you only go click on this one, click on this one, and you go down and eventually you might find the answer. But here you can ask it a question and it may go down the rabbit hole for you and get to that answer a little bit faster, right? So it's these sort of areas that I, I really, like it's helped my productivity a lot, mm. right? Because I, 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 I want to focus on the bits that need more thought. And if I'm still building boilerplate code or if I'm still writing documentation that is, you know, that should just be there, you know what I mean? And, and it's taken right. away from that actual thought that I need to do, then I use that to help me. Right. So for you, it's largely, how does it augment my ability to deliver value in a professional sense? Absolutely. Yep. Helping you find paths mm-hmm. to something new. Mm-hmm. I found it interesting that when you said well, it actually didn't know the answer and, it, and eventually it got caught in a, in a bit of a loop mm. because clearly there's there's limits to what it knows based on the information that's been yes. fed in. Yep. Um, but those examples that you're giving are all around. Yeah, I have a job. Mm. Let me do the most valuable bits of that. That's right, exactly. And what else can I just kind of farm out? Yeah. And that's, look, that's everyone's life, right? We, right? We've been trying to do that before GPT was around. You know, there was times where you go, okay, how can I do this better? How can I do this more efficiently, right? Um, and, and, and recently I, I wrote a little bit about this as well. So this, there's certain points where it may cross an ethical boundary, but I believe if you're using it to actually just do your job better, yes, then... You know, and, and I don't mean to do your job, but there's a difference in that in that in that in that nuanced statement that I've just made. So, if you're using it to do your job, then you know that's, that's a different story. But if you're using it to help you, you know, potentially, uh, like you said, drive more value, um, finish better, you know, almost free up time, and then you can go and spend some time with your family, even right, right, rather than having all this other stuff that you have to do. That is what. Some people might go, oh, this is admin stuff. Why do I have to do this? You know, we've all been through it. We've all gone through it mm. and done the parts of our job that we don't like and everyone has that. Yeah. Um, how do we make that better? And we've thought about it. You know, we used, you know, back in the day, the Palm Pilots to do certain things and take notes and oh, it's now everywhere so I can see it. Yeah, so... It's just the next assistant. Yeah, so... To the way I use it anyway. To me, it, it adds... That's a question that, you know, up until this point, most of the p- tools that support what we do are kind of they're kind of dumb. Mm. And I'm thinking, and if I'm putting my professional hat on, I'm thinking all the boring crap. So timesheets, mm. uh, responding to email, scheduling Meeting. meetings, yep. Yep. Uh, making notes of meetings. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm not software engineer but i'm somewhat familiar Mm. making notes around the work that you're doing Mm. and also the work that you've done documenting those sorts of things that's a huge pain but super valuable Mm. but also not really well aligned with uh 
Right. Most software engineers don't like making those notes mm. for good reason because they're hell boring and mm. um, they'd rather be fixing and creating and yeah. solving the problem. Absolutely. So I think I think along the same lines as you, I see so many opportunities where there are these tools that exist now that mm. don't that require way too much of us mm. to input into them. And if they was to learn our context and learn to see a few different things yep. and learn from them, perhaps mm. there's a way to make them smarter and, yeah. and do some of that as, as our assistance. Yeah. And look, there's, there's, you know, a very big flip side to this coin and let's not go too far in how much we use. This is my, or all it's balanced it anyway. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Look, if it, if it can you know, help with the context that you have and, and allow you to be more productive, then I, I actually think it's, you know, it's very worthwhile using. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I use it, you know, almost on a daily basis now asking it a question about okay i've written this bit of code or i've actually uh, uh, the other day i found a bit of code and i went oh I can't this looks right but i'm not sure exactly and and you know i was tired it was you know the one of the 2 a.m coding things that most coders do um and i just plugged it into there and said okay what does this do and you know it almost got it right but it was yeah it, was, it gave me a good enough summary right um so I was like, okay, that's not what I what I need it to do, or that's not what I'm looking for, or it is what I'm looking for. So, mm. well, you touched a little bit there on on the ethics, mm. and I think, as I said before, most people are caught up in in those big, deep conversations around well, what it, what will this mean, mm. and is this a threat, mm. and you know, yada yada yada. Yeah. I like your your thought around, well, it supports with a job and doesn't do the job. Mm. But there's so many places that it probably does the job. Mm. So what do you see that look, what do you see that looking like and how do we sort of overcome that? Or is this just like every other change when a new technology comes along mm. from, I mean, I, I remember, uh, one of my old textbooks talking about the innovation of the bridge mm. in London. Yes. Yep, yep. And it's kind of like no one would think of a bridge being an innovation, but it was. Mm. And those ferrymen who were literally taking people from one side of the Thames to the other were suddenly out of jobs, mm. right? Because of the technology and the mm. innovation of a bridge. Mm. And in, in a lot of ways, this is going to be a bridge mm for what we would think are quite modern mm. careers or modern jobs mm. where do you think where do you think that goes and sh are there areas that actually you know what yeah there's there are some things that probably have not a limited short shelf life but certainly it's going to impact far more than other things mm. industry wise i think there's not there's probably isn't an industry that's not going to impact right um it's going to impact areas where there is manual repetitive tasks. If there are jobs that are doing that or there are, there are you know, people doing that, then that's 100% will be affected by that. And to be clear, that's in a knowledge-based sense, not 
in a repetitive, well, in a factory type. No, that's sorry. Yes, so right. yeah, we're still a ways in terms. And and look, there are certain factories that are fully automated. And Correct. Like that. That's but, true. But I'm saying that yeah, from a knowledge based perspective, yeah, absolutely. There's if you're doing just a repetitive piece of work of of typing out the same thing or writing the same thing over and over again, but just changing you know a variable here and there, then yeah, absolutely. Um, that will definitely be affected. Where else can it go? I mean, look, I wish I had a crystal ball. I don't. Um, I know that uh, OpenAI is working on GPT-5. Apparently it's much bigger and better than GPT-4. Mm. Um, and I think it was the end of this year that they're looking to release it. Um, what that's going to do again is, is you know, I mean, again, it's just another version of the same thing, but is it going to get better at doing stuff? Is it going to achieve what I, what, what, what people like to call general intelligence? Mm. Um, like really look like it's reasoning now. Um, and again, it's still a mimic and, and I can't emphasize this to people enough. It's just mimicking, but it's giving you the impression. And now is it going to get better? So, you know, the, 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 the Turing test is really all around that, right? Is it, can I fool you? Yes. With my, I, even if I'm a mimic, mm. is that good enough? Yeah. Right? Just has to be a good enough mimic. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, we get, we get fooled by human mimics all the time. <laughs> no. Fishing scams yeah. and yeah, uh, well, absolutely. US presidents. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, we've been, you know, the, the, the mimic uh, has, has fooled us all in one way or the other, but this is, this is the world's best, right? And, um, and so the, the way we look at where GPT can go, where these uh, models, this, this AI can go, look, it's, it's, it's going to touch all of us at some stage. I mm. mean, the, the, there's a, I know there's a co-pilot function on, on Microsoft and, and the way, and this is a, it's a very more technical thing, but it can help you write code or, or build PowerPoint slides or, or do this. So all these things are now getting into, you know, what is, you know, if you look at a coder who's doing you know, a junior coder who might just be doing uh, what I call boilerplate code. I mean, that can go, you know, uh, or, or, but the issue with that is that junior coder is learning something that this isn't learning. All it's doing is just mimicking what it would do, right? This yes. is learning experience. And, and so there's, there's that fine line of, do we, do we keep going? Do we just farm out certain things to AI and not worry about this? So right. Yeah. There's and a very, there's a, there's a balance that needs to be struck and, and um, yeah, I, I recently wrote an article about about that balance um, as well. And I, <laughs> I had a gentleman respond to me saying that, that well, wherever the money is, right, that's where the balance is going to tip. Well, that that's where it that's where it rubs up with reality, right? So the ethics is all well and good, but at the end of the day, a lot of these businesses uh, exist to make money. Mm. I mean, Open OpenAI has lost a lot of money in terms of just getting to the point where it has this model in place, mm. just burning through, like you say, mm. compute, mm. processing mm. in order to teach mm. the model mm. and the AI, I guess the foundation of being that general yep. AI mm. that it is. Mm. Well, if they're not, someone's going to make money on all of this. Yes, absolutely. And clearly businesses are doing that now. Mm. What stops the AI from being the thing that we fear? Yeah, look, it's we're we're always gonna 
there's always the human thing of fearing the unknown. I think, I think if you if you look into it, um, we're not at the. I don't subscribe yet to the the doomsdayers of saying it's going to take over everything, take over the world, and 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 gain sentience and realize that we don't we don't belong on this planet or, or whatever. I'm not there yet um, mm. in terms of that sort of thinking. Should we fear it? I think that's probably an incorrect emotion. I don't think we should fear it as much as we should be aware mm. that it's there, um, aware of how we can use it, um, aware of its potential power to do harm. Yes. Um, so, for example, uh, deep fake technology, for example, um, it can, you know, like you said, mimic people and, you know, give them advice on something that's totally wrong. Um, so we should be aware that it's out there. Um I don't think, whilst there is obviously fear of job losses and things like that, um, the uh, I'm going I'm to pick a little bit from column A and column B here. Um, just like everything else, any other technology advances was always a fear of job loss, whether it's the industrial revolution, the development of the microchip, Absolutely. You know, the internet. Um, there was a fear of job loss. Having said that, no other technology has this amount of scale to go into every single aspect of our lives or, or jobs. Yes. So I can understand why people are fearing it. I just tell people don't fear it, understand it, and be aware of it. Be right. aware of its power. Be aware of its lacks or, or what it lacks. Um, be aware of what you can do with it. Um, and, and you've got to remember ethics is... Not a, it's not a it's not a machine question. It's a it's human question, right? Um, do if you want to use it badly, sure. I mean, I can pick up a phone and throw it at people, right? <laughs> <laughs> it still it, it hurts people. You know what I mean? I can I can you know back even before um, mobile phones were invented, prank calls still existed. Yeah. Right. So it wasn't. It was more humorous though. Uh, well, some of it was, but some of it could have been, you know, you could uh, you, you could have gone down a very nefarious path and I'm sure people did try to do it. Yeah. You know, please uh, come outside at this time to do something or mm. my mate jumps in the back and robs you. Yeah. yeah. Now, so, so for good or bad, it's here and I guess the summary of this is it's an opportunity to, to, to get in and truly try and understand it. Because I think I think I agree that there are going to be plenty of places in careers and jobs, and I'm just sticking on the professional things. So I'm sure there's plenty of other areas that it it'll impact. No doubt, everything it'll impact. But just in a professional sense, jumping on this. As early as possible, and um, and trying to understand it, having a position on it, and then how you can leverage it, mm. means that you're at least prepared, and you're you're confluent, you're you're, you're uh, conversant mm. with mm. what it can do and how you can you can leverage it and use it. Yeah, absolutely. And and look, there's been you know the, there's a division even amongst the the great entrepreneurs, if you will, um, with the Musks and and the and the rest of them saying. Let's stop. Mm. Some of the people are saying, let's not. Right. So give me a few months and I might change my tune as well because it's it's one of those things, right? People are split 50-50. Um, 
and as more and more use cases come up and and uh, you know uh, i recently uh, i watched oppenheimer actually um and it's a fantastic movie but it's you can see that the scientists were there to create something right but they didn't realize until it was too late the power of it right you know what i mean and and so um are we at that stage mm. are we at that cusp right, right now about are we there and we haven't realized it you know are we there to say we're building something so good it's going to be awesome it's going to be great is there and i i'm hoping there is is there is there are there people thinking about uh, hold on a sec and i think about, oh, look i you know i do think about the fact that it can be used um for bad and 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 whether whether people want to put moratoriums and let's not let's stop with ai let's it's the horse has bolted now yeah it's it's too late so i think being aware being educated on it understanding what it can do i don't mean technically i mean you know and, and look the uh, the democratization of ai is getting so much better of it that you don't have to be technical to use it anymore no no absolutely not and i mean if you've got a if you've got a device of some sort you can yeah. you can access it with the well a device and a connection to the internet that's right you, you, yeah. you can you can start now with a with a few dollars and, and go for it some of it's free some of it you know yeah. paid and you can you can start using it but yeah it's just it's just being aware of the of the power or and and of its shortcomings. Yeah. So to put your put your future hat on, mm. what is what does the five the next five years look like? Yeah. Look, the I I don't believe we're any more in in winters of AI. I think we're now at the opportunistic stage of AI. Um, like I said earlier, I think uh, GPT five is coming out. That's uh, apparently going to really change the world. I know there's so many there's. Um, if you go on Bing now, it's uh, the the Microsoft searching engine. Uh, you can actually, rather than doing the search normally, you can converse with it, right? Okay. You can you can you can talk to it and say this is what I want, and it starts generating answers for you as well as giving you the articles that you're looking for. Um, it's going to get more and more integrated in our in our lives now. Does that look in five years like this? Technology growth at the moment is exponential. Is it five years? Is it a year mm. from now? You got to remember, uh, two thousand seventeen. The paper was written around attention and and uh, and how we use transformers in this way. And here we are, six years later, and doing all this stuff now. Mm. <laughs> from the paper to now, it's only been you know five and a half, six years. So what happens in the next five years? Uh, it's it's kind of anyone's guess. Um, I. My personal thing is to keep educating myself on it, um, see how it can help people. I'm not going to stop using it until and unless there is, you know, a, a, a significant sort of um, way that I see it going bad or, or using it for bad. Um, and like I said, again, uh, the the way you use GPT is it should come with a warning sticker saying... Mm you're using it as an assistant or a decision making decision support tool you're not using it to make decisions which is where i would start going uh, don't do that right and even i'm not ready to do that yet i'm not ready to for it to make a decision for me right so if i was to kind of herd you in a particular mm. position for the next 5 years it's that we have we have intelligent assistants helping us to do 
yes. the higher order bits that yes. are part of what we what we want to do and what we're passionate about. Absolutely. And 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 look, if it gets beyond that and it gets to that decision making stage, then look, I'll, I'll look at it again. I'll mm. look at my my position at that time. Um, but for it to start making decisions for us, there's there's much more. Like, I mean, if you if you take simple things like, okay, it's going to, uh, you know, lawn mow for me, for right. example, right? It's a very very simple example. What happens if a lawn mower hits a person? Right. Whose fault is that? There's, there's there's so much that has to be changed for it to start mm. really doing things for you or, or making decisions for you that I'm just not sure we're there for it. And, and look, it's not like it can't. I'm just saying I wouldn't advocate going down that path. Right. Well, that, I think that gives us a bit of a, a very high level point mm-hmm. at which to, to really understand it. And I think that's, that's a good takeaway for, for any listeners to, to go, well, actually, if it becomes part of a decision making process, that's one thing, but making the decision is another part that, and it could be a, it could be a natural point where people can decide mm. what it, what role does it play in how they do their work or yep. what they might be doing. Absolutely, absolutely. That's really that's really interesting. Yeah, I've not thought about it in that particular sense mm. and that mechanic. Mm. So that that certainly helps me. Okay, so I suppose to to kind of finish up the conversation i wanted to i I, i'm looking to ask everyone this question but you know change is a natural part of what the future looks like and when it comes to that convergence that we've been talking about particularly with ai and what it means change is just natural and inevitable looking back on your life and your career what is what's one skill that you've used to face change and to you know come out better from it mm. and is there an experience that might wrap that up or kind of mm. illuminate or illustrate that for us well non ai question maybe i should ask chat gpt or something <laughs> yeah. um, no uh, look I, I i will i will answer this and i'll nuance it to something that i've talked about it with respect to ai the the one thing that i've always relied on and it's uh, it's kind of i i used to call it the ability to learn but i don't think that's what it is and, and, and as i've grown up and gotten older and lost more hair i've, I've realized <laughs> it's more around resilience mm. right um if something doesn't go my way if i don't understand something do i give up or do i keep going mm. right so uh, it, you know, quite recently, I, I was working on a, on a particular thing where where someone said to me, "This is this is the the technology area. This is what we're going to be doing." And I'm like, "Well, I was quite open and honest with them. I don't know this, right? I, I know all the other bits. I don't know this specific bit." And they went, "Well, we need you to." So, uh, a, a very simple and trivial example, but did that stop me and say, "Look, I'm I'm going to wash my hands of this whole thing and go no, no more." Um, no, it was around, okay, how do I learn this? What's the best way to do this? I, I have, I, I can't expect an employer or someone paying me to do a job to pay me to learn, right? I, I don't think that's fair. Um, so what I did is that 
understanding of, okay, let me do the, the bits around it, the expertise that I have around it, that bit, and learn as I'm working. Right, and so it's that resilience, and, and going back to how I'm going to relate this back to AI as well, is um, that resilience is something that we learned a long, well, that I learned a long time ago, and I think uh, the advent I, I was I was learning stuff before the internet, and yeah, you know, the the I was the Encyclopedia Britannica um, era, where where if you didn't have J because someone had stolen it, you're like, <laughs> yes. well, how do I learn about JFK now? <laughs> you know, um, so it, it's you know, you've got to find ways of doing things, right? And so that's where I think I think change is a lot about resilience, right? So something changes and it's not the way you expect it. How do you respond, mm. right? How do you... Uh, uh, there, and look, there's no right or wrong answer to this, but I, I believe that the more resilient you are, the better equipped you are to handle change. Yes. Right? And I don't, I don't mean change in technology, I mean change anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, and this is one thing I do worry about AI is as we start getting more and more, you know, using it and becoming almost semi, and, and this is where that, that boundary for me lies. I don't like being dependent on it. Mm. I like it helping me, but people not reliant see how on it. easily yeah. that, that boundary is, that line is of how easily you can go to dependency. And if that happens, do we lose resilience? Mm. Right? Are we just expecting answers to come to us all the time? Yeah. And do we give up if the answers don't? Mm. So are we creating a new generation of people who are now l coming up with this this AI thing? So for in education, for example, are we, you know, if uh, if teachers can't get an answer from from a from a chat interface or from you know an AI interface, will they go? Well, I'm not teaching it, mm. or I don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. it stunts our uh, intellectual growth in other ways. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and, and it's the it's. It's not the ability to, and, and this is, uh, I've got kids as well. It's never, it's never about the answer. It's about learning how to get to the answer. Yeah, asking the right question. Yeah. yeah. No, resilience, that's, that's, really, that's really helpful. And I, and I see it's resilience and a slightly related stream to that fitness. Mm. You're, as you're talking, you know, are we reliant on things? Yes. The more reliant we get on anything, we lose that independence to be able to to do something for ourselves. So yeah, if the internet goes down, whoa. Yeah, well, kind of. Uh, I've I've had that. Call how do we read a book? I, I, I've had that call from my uh, kids. Uh, <laughs> Dad, the internet's down. I'm like, right. Find find the Brita the Britannicas up in That's right. in the storage. Yeah, I've still got it. Dust it off. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're more worried about what am I going to do because Netflix doesn't work, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no. The look, I, uh, you know, luckily they've both got my love of reading and, and of setting up a library at home, which I ha actually have books with pages, not Kindles. <laughs> um, so for me, that's that's you know, I, I'm I'm happy with with where I am at the moment. Like I said, give me give me six more months, or give me <laughs> maybe even six weeks, and the newest thing comes out, and I'll be like, right, let's talk again. Uh, yeah, this is dangerous. Yeah. Um, well, look, if it does change, I. I'd welcome a, a follow-up conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but for now, I really appreciate your time. No, thank and you. Uh, thank you for taking time to, to talk with us again today. No, thank you very much. Awesome. My thanks to Ashwin for the chance to speak with him. I've added more information and resources on AI in the show notes. Learn more about Ash's work at vectorx.ai. Winston Churchill once said, 
To improve is the change. To be perfect is the change often. How we decide when, where, and how we implement and use AI will have lasting impacts on the planet. The most positive outcome requires us to be dynamic as we continually assess what AI will mean for us tomorrow. The Changeable is created and produced by me, Ray Pucky. Our theme music is Night Sky by Oh Boy. Please consider subscribing and sharing with a friend. I'd really love your feedback and input, which you can share with me at thechangeable.co. Until next time, thanks for listening.